Welcome to the Nalshua Dr. Dave podcast, hosted on grokshare.com and streamed on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You're listening to episode number 61, featuring Marilyn Johnson, CEO of M.H. Johnson & Associates. The topic is the solopreneur journey. Let's begin. Hello, Marilyn. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Dave. <laughs> I'm doing good. Awesome. So welcome to the Nausea with Dr. Dave podcast. Um, it's hosted on grokshare.com. Thank and you for having me. Yeah, and it's on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Oh, wow. I'm worldwide. You're worldwide. Oh so God. you're episode number 61? 61. 61. Okay. Episode, you know, it's a good number. And our topics today is going to be the solopreneur journey. Oh, wow. It is a journey. It is a journey, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Something that we have to just, you know, get into and and get right down to, right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So let's talk about what are the challenges that you face as a solopreneur? Well, let me just start out by giving the audience a little bit of insight as to who I am because solopreneurism and the word solopreneur is relatively new. No, I wish I was the person who could say it. No, I didn't come up with it. But solopreneurs are just entrepreneurs who opt to be solo CEOs. They only work for themselves. They don't have a huge staff. But you still provide goods and services to corporations and other small businesses. So 18 years ago, I started my journey. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what you called it. I figured it was small business. I was an entrepreneur. I didn't intend to do this. I started as a side project until I got a permanent job. And 18 years later, I'm still doing this. You're rocking it. No, you're not doing it. You're rocking it. Stop I it. Thank you. Thank you. But it has been, it's, it's one, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. You have to be very comfortable with the unexpected. Because as you probably know firsthand, you don't ever have the same day. I have mm. not had the same day in 18 years. And you have to be very comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about the challenges, you know, that you have faced. And then we'll get more into deeper into the kind of services that you provide. But some of the challenges, you know, I know I face them. So I'm just trying to tease out what you have faced. What have I faced? Yes. So the first challenge, believe it or not, was to figure out what it was I did. Mm -hmm. I had to come up with something that was short and concise so that customers could understand it. That was challenge number one. Number two was selling it. Because once I figured out what it was, then I had to figure out who would buy it. And originally, I started out wanting to work with small, medium-sized businesses. And then when I realized, those folks can't pay me. And I've had a couple times when people haven't paid me. I had one of my small business owners come to me and say that they, even though we signed a contract, He said that he did not want to pay me and literally tore the contract up in my face. Wow. And so there's challenges, who's going to pay me and how do I continue to provide a service, grow the business and get paid? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why we're doing what we do. I mean, we love what we do, but we still have to feed ourselves and have a roof over our head. Really? Challenge number one is getting paid. Getting paid. What's number two? Well, you know what was funny is in setting up the business, 
I never thought this to be a challenge, but it is something for people to think about is what do you call yourself? Like, what's the name of your company? Yeah. And I don't know if it took you a long time. It took me a long time to figure out I didn't know what to call myself. So I just made my company my name because I couldn't figure it out. Trust me, I have tried many different names <laughs> until I settle on one. It's like, okay, I'm going to stick with this, but what is the name? Because that is your brand. Yeah. And that was, that was really, really important. Now, moving further down the line, when I started, I didn't have any mentors. A lot of people didn't understand that I was perfectly okay building a business by myself. And it was kind of insulting when people said, well, this is a side gig or, you know, you're not really serious. And I was more serious than most and just overcoming those things and finding some people, not just one person, but some people who would give me the raw, honest truth and then building off of what they told me. That having a community yeah. is super important, but it is very hard to find because not everybody's willing to be honest. No, no, it's a hard thing to do, right? They don't want to hurt your feelings. And not only do they not want to hurt your feelings, but in some instances, people feel like you're competition. Yeah. Even if you don't do the same thing, they think, well, I don't know. And then, you know, some people are just evil. I don't know. I, I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that for sure. I, mean, I get that. So you just had, in my opinion, a great conference called the Solo CEO Summit. Yes. What was that all about? So the Solo CEO Summit was the brainchild of me and my uh, business partner, Tara Winston, who is also a solopreneur. But her area of specialty is completely different. She's a professional coach mm -hmm. and facilitator who is amazing. We happened to work on a project together for the National Black MBA Association. We were the two consultants who did a lot of the back office for their conference, which is the second or third largest African-American conference in the country. So all of the programming came through either Tara or myself. Mine was more on the entrepreneurial side and Tara was pretty much everything else. And so we decided that we wanted to build something that would be interesting for people who were starting their, at that time, their entrepreneurial journey, figuring it out, finding resources. And we started just kind of sketching what it looked like and we realized that what our original sketches were just wasn't exciting to us mm -hmm. so we said you know what let's build something that we would want to go to yeah and that's when we started going down the solopreneur path saying you know what we're really unique entrepreneurs we're not the ones who go to the conferences where people talk about grow and scale we're not what you see on tv and it's a lot of us solopreneurs if you look at the entrepreneurial landscape, solopreneurs are the largest segment of entrepreneurs out there because yeah. there's a lot of people who have decided that they're done with the corporate gigs for whatever reason. They have goods or services that they want to offer. So what we did was we built a conference based off of the things that would be most interesting to those people, meaning, number one, we want to make money. Yep. So we started the day off with marketing, but we talked about it from two different perspectives. One was very tactical, which anybody's in business needs to know that. But then one was very personal, because as a solopreneur, since we are own companies, everything that impacts us personally impacts our business. Yes, and vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You live and breathe what you produce. 
And so our conference was the yin, the yin and the yang of that. We talk about how you get business, how you go about business, but also how does it impact you? And then those tactics and just skills that you need to just keep it moving, keep the momentum up, keep the energy up, be excited about what you do. So it was a day filled with people from millennium, millennials who are amazing business people. They know what they want to do. Sometimes they don't have the business acumen because they just haven't been in corporate long enough. Yeah. And then some people who were on the other end of the spectrum, be it boomers and Gen X's, who came out and said, you know what, we have this, this knowledge, but now how do we take what we've learned in corporate, kind of bash into that and make it work for a small business? And it was just a collision of the two where people had a chance to be very vulnerable talked about the real deal about wow. being in business, yeah. but also talked about, okay, I heard the tactics from the marketing perspective, I heard the tactics from the finance perspective, but now, how do I make this my own for what I do? It was a day filled with that, so it was nice. a great day. If you had to pick one thing that was the inspiration for the conference, what would that one thing be? The inspiration for the conference is just our journey okay and just how uncharacteristic it is so that was really that was really the journey and um, the, the inspiration but what was kind of neat was when you look at the people who came to speak we even had a, a professional psychiatrist mm. who came in and her whole talk was about how do you navigate the challenge yeah how do you navigate the challenge and be successful I could only imagine that that would be with, yeah, that was great. I wish it was there. I wish you were there too, but we'll have another one. Actually, what we okay. want to do is spin off from our bigger summit into smaller meetups. We'll start in Chicago, just for you all who know. I yeah. am from Chicago. Nice. And I live there. <laughs> yeah, and so I just have a larger community. I'm, mm -hmm. I was born, raised, and lived in Chicago, so I have a larger business community. So I have a lot more resources there, and Tara is there, and so right. we'll start on a smaller scale with meetups where we'll attack single topics because sometimes people just need to come and hear about that one thing, and that one thing is not always step A, B, and C. It's step A, and then sub one, sub two. Yeah. So they need to talk about specifics in that detail we're going to start narrowing down those areas of interest throughout the year and then we'll come back to another larger summit maybe within 12 to 18 months from now. Okay, that's perfect. So let's, let's pivot to M.H. Johnson and Associates. Let's talk about how those services improve the effectiveness of your clients. Wow. Well, we should have a client here, but... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, send me a video. I wish. Don't you have feedback on your website? I do have feedback oh, on my oh, website. There you go. So, as part of being a solopreneur, a lot of times you reinvent yourself several times. And through 18 years, when I initially started out, I was a marketing consultant. Yeah. What I realized was that everyone's interpretation of marketing was completely different. And none of them met what I provided. And so what I figured was, you know what, instead of trying to change everybody's impression of marketing, I needed to change what I was doing. Yeah. And so I started blending in the things that I love. So here's the beauty about solopreneur, as you well know, Dave. You have the, the privilege to make your own job. Yeah. 
And I actually went out. One second. Sure. <coughs> you can edit that. Yeah, I'll edit that. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so you had the privilege of. I had the privilege of making my own job. Mm -hmm. So I went through this exercise of listing everything, all of my skills on a spreadsheet and then started mapping those things that I loved that I did mm -hmm. versus those things that I just didn't want to do anymore. And let's be clear, there's a lot of things that you like, you're great at, yeah. and then there's a lot of things that you're great at that you hate to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I chose to just take those things that I hate to do and put them in the corner as a, if I can avoid it, I will. And so after going through that exercise, I meshed together my skills as a marketer as well as my background as a procurement professional mm -hmm. and pretty much developed this whole thing called supplier development consultant. Supplier development consultant is, because a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 and I'm like, you don't know what that means. I'm like, like going like, supply chain, like, I don't know what that means. <coughs> so it's supply chain mixed with marketing. What I do is I work with corporations to create programs that will assist their supply base. So in short, suppliers are better if they're with a company longer. Mm -hmm. And it's cheaper for a corporation to keep their suppliers than continuously churn them. Yeah. But what happens is sometimes suppliers hit a wall when it starts to grow. And they don't know how to grow. And they might lose touch with some of the things going on with their corporate client. So I create programs, and it's almost like a mini college that uses the corporation's resources to educate some of their suppliers in their supply chain so that those suppliers who have the ability to grow are using the tactics and techniques of their customer to grow. Mm. Who did something similar to that? In Walgreens, or was it Walgreens or Kmart or one of those? Well, what you'll find a lot of times, and usually what I do is my entree into a lot of corporations is through supplier diversity. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because supplier diversity is the one area of a corporation that is actively looking for suppliers. Right. And a lot of times they look for diverse suppliers, and, and so people understand what that is. So diverse suppliers include woman-owned, business-owned, veteran-owned, LGBTQ-owned, um, as well as people with disabilities, Asian-American, Indians, that's a that's diverse supply. So it's a broad base of suppliers out there. And the supply diversity professionals are charged with finding folks that can provide them with the goods and services and compete at the same levels as some of the larger corporations that they have in their supply base as well. Okay. So you start out that way. Walgreens has these programs. Pretty much every major corporation out there has a supplier diversity group. And some of our customers include Accenture, uh, Monsanto, Capital One. Mm. We've done thumbnails for Coca-Cola. We've done, we've done a lot, and I'm, I'm not just thinking of all, of all of the companies, but Eli Lilly. So it's not industry specific. It really is about companies that are moving forward and looking for growth and improvement in their supply chain. Okay. 
So this, I mean, how do you make those services sticky so that you have these really loyal customers so you know, to your brand? So as a consultant, you know that yeah. our job every day is to fire us, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I get, mean, that's a Get to the space where people can fire you. You get to the yeah. point where if your customer is self-sufficient enough to run their own shop based off of the knowledge that you provided them, then you've done your job. Right. And so sticky for me is to have a customer that that engages with us for up to maybe five years. I've had some customers engage us for up to seven years, and that's primarily because their departments are really small. Yeah. And so me, and I actually have a lot of subcontractors. So the misnomer is that sole CEOs, solopreneur people, are always the only ones running the shop. Yeah. I just subcontract with other solopreneurs. You yeah, that, right? Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, Dave, if there's an opportunity where I say I need somebody with this skill set, and I look over at you, and I'm like, yeah. Dave is a guy. Yeah. So you just come under my umbrella. Yeah. But you're not a W-2 employee here to 99. Right, corp to corp. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing people have to understand. Solopreneurs are the biggest ones that are subcontracting. Corporations always say we want our suppliers to work with each other but they always look at the larger entrepreneurs. Yeah. If they looked at small people like us, they realize, oh, these people do it every single you have day. To. That's How do you survive? Way. Exactly. Right? You can't do everything. Exactly. And so what we do when I have a supplier that needs us for a long period of time is we have a, a group of team members, and I call them we because they are my team members, that actually help my supply base sustain the programs for however long they need until either they have the bandwidth internally to do it, or we just keep doing it for them. Right. So mm. that, that's kind of the stickiness of it. And what makes it well known is that these programs are winning awards. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm God, excited I, about that. Yeah, look at you, I, I want to see, what kind of awards <laughs> have you won? Well, so here's the deal. My customers win awards. Okay, your customers, My not customers you personally. Win, they won awards for the programs that we create for them. Okay, Which Perfect. is cool. Hey, yeah. it's a product of me. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, what about women entrepreneurs? You know, um, what would be one piece of advice for them um, in terms of just leading, excelling, building? I mean, what advice would you have for a them? A piece of advice that I give female entrepreneurs, and honestly any entrepreneurs, but women especially, is trust your gut. Trust your gut. You will be in situations where you might not be comfortable as a female. If you're not comfortable, leave. Yeah. Period. I mean, in the Me Too movement, it's a reality. And when that was happening earlier this year, I started thinking, had I ever been in that situation? And I realized that it took me a minute, but I was like, yeah, I have. I've been in a situation where men have been irresponsible in what they say. Yeah. I haven't been in any kind of physical situation, but I also trusted my gut and my community because my gut said this isn't right, and I had the mentorship of other solopreneurs to say that's not right. Yeah. And it was one of those, they confirmed what I felt, and it allowed me to continue to say, okay, well then, if this is wrong, this is then my action. Yeah. So, trust your gut. That's the number one thing I, I tell women all the time. That's excellent. That's good. Yeah. So, how do people connect with you, um, learn more about your services, and then we want to know about the next Solo CEO Summit. So, how do they connect? Where do they gather that information? So, two, two ways to connect with me is 
Marilyn, my email address on my website, my website is mhjohnson.com. Remember, I told you I couldn't figure out yeah. what to name my company, so I just <laughs> named it me. So it's Marilyn at mhjohnson.com. Yeah. And then for Solo CEO Summit, since it's a joint venture between Tara and I, the website is soloceosummit.com. We will start updating everything so people will know. We have a mailing list where people can sign up to mm -hmm. stay in touch with us. And you can find us on like most places, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Nice. Yeah, the, the major ones. The major and they're all Solo CEO Summit. Yes, okay. soloceosummit.com. Okay, that's that's perfect. Um, thank you so much. Dude, and this it, is a pleasure. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that we're connected and we started to talk to each other because we share the same co-working space. Yeah, no, this is really cool. It's so funny that I, uh, when I, because I'm new to Tucson, yeah. when I moved here, I wanted to make sure that I had a community of people that understood what I did because yeah. not everybody understands what we do. No. And this is a good workspace and it's great to be able to meet folks like you. Yeah, likewise. Let's keep doing it. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity, equity, and inclusion coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www the number five saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.fivesaturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com, a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking?, and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time, find your awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs>